Supreme Court Update The Crown Against Jarvis 2019 SCC 10 The accused was an English teacher at a high school. He used a camera concealed inside a pen to make surreptitious video recordings of female students while they engaged in ordinary school-related activities in common areas of the school. Most of the videos focused on the faces, upper bodies, and breasts of female students. The students were not aware that they were being recorded by the accused, nor did they consent to the recordings. A school board policy in effect at the relevant time prohibited the type of conduct engaged in by the accused. The accused was charged with voyeurism under section 162 sub 1 sub c of the criminal code. The offense is committed where a person surreptitiously observes or makes a visual recording of another person who is in a circumstance that gives rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy if the observation or recording is done for a sexual purpose. At trial, the accused admitted he had surreptitiously made the video recordings. As a result, only two questions remained. Whether the students the accused had recorded were in circumstances that gave rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy, and whether the accused had made the recordings for a sexual purpose. While the trial judge answered the first question in the affirmative, he acquitted the accused because he was not satisfied that the recordings were made for a sexual purpose. The Court of Appeal unanimously concluded that the trial judge had erred in law in failing to find that the accused made the recordings for a sexual purpose. Nevertheless, a majority of the Court of Appeal upheld the accused acquittal on the basis that the trial judge had also erred in finding that the students were in circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy. The Crown appeals to the court as of right on the issue of whether the students recorded by the accused were in circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy. Held, the appeal should be allowed and a conviction entered. Per Chief Justice Wagner and Justices Abella, Moldaver, Karakatsanis, Gascon, and Martin, the students recorded by the accused were in circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy for the purposes of section 162 sub 1 of the criminal code. Circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy for the purposes of section 162 sub 1 of the criminal code are circumstances in which a person would reasonably expect not to be the subject of the type of observation or recording that in fact occurred. The inquiry should take into account the entire context in which the impugned observation or recording took place. Relevant considerations may include, first, the location the person was in when she was observed or recorded, second, the nature of the impugned conduct, whether it consisted of observation or recording, third, awareness of or consent to potential observation or recording, fourth, the manner in which the observation or recording was done, fifth, the subject matter or content of the observation or recording, sixth, any rules, regulations, or policies that govern the observation or recording in question. Seventh, the relationship between the person who was observed or recorded and the person who did the observing or recording. Eighth, the purpose for which the observation or recording was done. And ninth, 
the personal attributes of the person who was observed or recorded. This list of considerations is not exhaustive, and not every consideration will be relevant in every case. The fact that it is an element of the offense in section 162 sub 1 sub c that observation or recording be done for a sexual purpose does not make it inappropriate to consider the purpose of the observation or recording in assessing whether it was done in breach of a reasonable expectation of privacy. In some circumstances, observation or recording may not breach expectations of privacy despite having a sexual purpose. In other cases, Observation or recording may be an obvious breach of privacy, regardless of its purpose, and it can ground a conviction under section 162 sub 1 if the other elements of the offence are made out. Similarly, although the surreptitiousness of the observation or recording is an element of the offence in section 162 sub 1, this does not mean that it can never be considered in assessing whether the person who was observed or recorded had a reasonable expectation of privacy. Privacy, as ordinarily understood, is not an all-or-nothing concept, and being in public or semi-public does not automatically negate all expectations of privacy with respect to observation or recording. Rather, whether observation or recording would generally be regarded as an invasion of privacy depends on a variety of factors, which may include a person's location, the form of the alleged invasion of privacy, the nature of the observation or recording, the activity in which a person is engaged when observed or recorded, and the part of the person's body that is the focus of the recording. The fact that a variety of factors may influence whether a person would expect not to be observed or recorded is also consistent with Parliament's choice to express the element of the offence by reference to the circumstances that gave rise to the reasonable expectation of privacy. Had Parliament intended to limit the types of circumstances that can be considered, it would have done so expressly. The immediate statutory context of the words, quote, circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy, end quote, lends further support to the view that this element of the offense is not governed solely or primarily by a person's physical location and does not limit the commission of the offence to traditionally private spaces. Paragraph A of section 162 sub 1 expressly circumscribes the scope of the prohibited observation or recording by reference to the location, and it would be incongruous with that paragraph to read the requirement that the person who is observed or recorded be in circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy as also being governed by location. Furthermore, the inclusion of paragraphs B and C in section 162 sub 1 indicate that Parliament understood that a person could have a reasonable expectation of privacy somewhere other than in a place where nudity or explicit sexual activity can reasonably be expected, or is in fact taking place. Parliament's objective in enacting the voyeurism offence was to protect individuals' privacy and sexual integrity particularly from new threats posed by the abuse of evolving technologies. Reading the expression, quote, circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy, end quote, narrowly would undermine Parliament's intention that the offence prohibit surreptitious observation or visual recording that amounts to sexual exploitation or that represents the most egregious breaches of privacy. 
the jurisprudence pertaining to Section 8 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms is also instructive in interpreting Section 162 sub 1. Parliament must be understood as having chosen the words reasonable expectation of privacy in Section 162 sub 1 purposefully and with the intention that the existing jurisprudence on this concept would inform the content and meaning of those words. In addition, the Section 8 case law represents a rich body of judicial thought on the meaning of privacy in our society. Far from being unmoored from our ordinary perceptions of when privacy can be expected, judgments about the privacy expectations in the Section 8 context are informed by our fundamental shared ideals about privacy as well as our everyday experiences. In this case, when the entire context is considered, there can be no doubt that the student's circumstances give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy that they would not be recorded in the manner they were. In particular, the subjects of the video recordings were teenage students in a high school. They were recorded by their teacher in breach of the relationship of trust that exists between teachers and students, as well as in contravention of a formal school board policy that prohibited such recording. Specifically, the videos had as their predominant focus the bodies of students, particularly their breasts. In recording these videos, the accused acted contrary to the reasonable expectations of privacy that would be held by persons in the circumstances of the students when they were recorded. Per Justices Cote, Brown, and Rowe, there is agreement that the students in this case were in circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy for the purposes of Section 162 sub 1 of the Criminal Code. However, Section 8 Charter jurisprudence should not inform the interpretation of Section 162 sub 1. First, the conceptual framework for defining charter rights should remain distinct from that used to define the scope of criminal code offences. To interpret the wording of Section 162 sub 1 by reference to Section 8 jurisprudence, would put the judiciary in the position of creating new common law offences, despite their abolition by Section 9A of the Criminal Code. Section 8 Charter Jurisprudence evolves, but the meaning of Section 162 sub 1 is intended to remain fixed as of the time it was enacted. Second, the purpose and function of Section 8 and Section 162 sub 1 are fundamentally at odds. The power imbalance of police as agents of the state vis-a-vis a citizen that is at the heart of the preoccupation under Section 8 is not present under Section 162 sub 1, as that provision protects invasions of privacy perpetrated by one individual against another. Third, the interests protected by Section 8 of the Charter include personal privacy, territorial privacy, and informational privacy, whereas the reasonable expectation of privacy under Section 162 sub 1 relates only to the protection of one's physical image. Finally, charter values are a legitimate interpretive aid only in cases of ambiguity, and in this case, Section 162 sub 1 is not legally ambiguous. A multifactored test to decide whether there is a reasonable expectation of privacy in the context of Section 162 sub 1 should not be adopted. The offense of voyeurism is an extension of the criminal law to protect well-established interests of privacy, autonomy, and sexual integrity in light of threats posed by new technologies that encroach upon them. Because voyeurism is a sexual offense, 
a reasonable expectation of privacy in the context of section 162 sub 1 should be interpreted in light of the harms contemplated in related provisions in the scheme for sexual offenses in part 5 of the criminal code in the context of the voyeurism offense privacy should be interpreted with regard to personal autonomy and sexual integrity an individual's privacy interest under section 162 sub 1 can only be infringed if they are recorded or observed in a way that both causes them to lose control over their image and also infringes their sexual integrity. This conjunctive test accords with what Parliament sought to protect by creating the offence. The ability to maintain control over what personal visual information is shared and with whom is a facet of privacy linked to personal autonomy. While the surreptitiousness of the observation or recording may signal circumstances that give rise to a reasonable expectation of privacy, the two elements remain distinct. The surreptitiousness of the observation or recording improperly removes the ab individual's ability to maintain control over how they are observed, and, because of its permanence, a recording compounds the denial of the subject's autonomy by giving the voyeur repeated access to the observations. Whether the observation or recording is sexual in nature, such that it infringes the sexual integrity of the subject, should be decided on an objective standard and considered in light of all circumstances. While the intent of the perpetrator may be relevant, it is not determinative. The sexual purpose inquiry under paragraph C of section 162 sub 1 is distinct from the determination of a violation of sexual integrity under the reasonable expectation of privacy analysis. An observation or recording will be done for a sexual purpose where the subject of the observation or recording is reasonably perceived to be as intended to cause sexual stimulation in the observer. An interpretation of sexual purpose that includes sexual gratification is consistent with the interpretation of the same phrase in other parts of the criminal code. In this case, the students had a reasonable expectation of privacy regarding how their bodies would be observed in the classrooms and hallways of their school. The visual information was subject to their limitation and control, and the technology used by the accused allowed him to take videos of the clothed breasts of his students for extended periods of time, in angles and in proximity that went beyond the access that the students allowed in this setting, thus infringing their autonomy. The recordings were also objectively sexual in nature. The focus of the recordings was on the young women's intimate body parts at close range. In addition, and while not determinative, the recordings were made for a sexual purpose. The combination of these factors leads to the conclusion that by surreptitiously recording images of their breasts, the accused infringed the sexual integrity of the students.